If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, I can get to know ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. Let me explain as I'm taking it off. Let me explain how I feel about us. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. I can show ya. Welcome to another episode of Sperm Donation World. And today we got a, a special donor. He's a Dutch donor. He's living in the Philippines and he's donating in the Philippines now. They're probably their number one donor there, I'd say. So it's definitely the name that, you know, when you say who's in the Philippines donating, it's Anthony Verstag. How are you today, Anthony? Hey, man, fan. Thank, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, look, so we want to know, basically, we'll, we'll probably start from the beginning, your upbringing, because I think you... You, you were in Amsterdam, weren't you? Is that where you grew up or near or you're in your became an engineer? Yes, I'm Dutch. Yeah, I'm Dutch. I, I grew up in a small town and at 27 years old, I'm a uh, electrician of profession, electrical engineer. And um, yeah, I've been in the Philippines for one year, actually living, yeah traveling you know touristy stuff <laughs> and um yeah uh, I, i'm not sure where to start <laughs> i'm not sure what how to when did you become a donor because i think you started in europe there did you three years ago three years ago and uh in my country in the netherlands i got six uh, successes six and was that in a clinic or outside a clinic um you know how, how does it roll uh, private private yeah, and is it is it a big scene over there? Like, how did you come across the idea to become a donor? Oi, uh, there's this guy, you know, uh, it's called. His name is uh, Ed Huber. He's the most famous sperm donor in my country. Ah, yes. And Ed. he, uh, yeah, he made he, he made documentary about this, and I watched the documentary. His documentary. That's why. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a bit shy. <laughs> I know what to say. <laughs> can, I, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I say something? Uh, some experiences that I had here recently. Yeah. There was this, this sperm donor from my country, right? Who advertised in the Philippines as a sperm donor. Yep. And he, because, uh, you know, as you might know, sperm can contain HIV, right? Yeah. And hepatitis, gonorrhea, yep. chlamydia, herpes. So he posted his STD test results online. And he said, hey, look, if you use me as a donor, you don't get any of these horrible diseases, right? He's like, hey, you know, look at me, look at me. He advertised with this, with, with his uh, test results online. And then all the Filipino sperm donors in the Philippines, they copied his test results. They copied it and used it as his own. <laughs> yes. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, that's why I say to people, don't post your results online because people just feel it. Uh, it's best to have a hard copy and show the yeah. hard copy in person. There's the funny thing. In the Philippines, you can get tested for free, you know, for STDs. Yeah. It's called the social hygiene clinic. You can get tested for free. <laughs> HIV test, syphilis test, uh, um, swab test for free. But even then, they choose to like, and there was this one recipient who contacted me and she talked to this donor, right? And this donor sent her, his uh, test results, his HIV test results, STD test results. And then she like, hmm, she was, she was like kind of suspicious. She was like looking at the test results and she was like, hmm. And then she Googled the results, right? 
And then she found the same test results all over the internet. So this donor, <laughs> he just he just test, uh, he, he just he just googled test results STD. You just download screenshot. Hey, here, here, test results here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's a great feature. You can do the Google search image, and it'll and it'll automatically try and find that image on the internet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good trick for anyone to try if, you, if you're coming across someone non-effective. Um, so yeah, so you, you moved, you're traveling, and you've come to the Philippines. Uh, you know, it, it seems like you're pretty happy there. It seems that you've met someone, and you've donate you've donated to many women there. There's uh, the Filipino culture. They love Caucasians, it seems, that they want to have a baby with um, a Caucasian man. How do you find, how do you find the whole scenario there? But, uh, I say that the situation here, a lot of Filipinos have a lot of trouble adjusting. Uh, uh, they have, it's a very new thing here, right? So sex education, STDs, artificial insemination. Most Filipinos, they don't know. Most Filipino people, and it's it's very it's sometimes kind of frustrating here to deal with this. You moved to the Philippines, and you were involved in a documentary pretty early on. And to me, when I was watching yeah. the documentary, it looked like the um, Filipino version of um, Oprah. <laughs> how did that? How did how did that come into play? How did you do that? Did they, did you reach out to the media, or did the media contact you and say, "Hey, Anthony, we want to do um, you do an online sperm donation"? Hey, contact them. Yeah, and they were really keen I contacted on. them. And then after you did that, it, it blew up, eh? The whole, yeah. you know, we got groups like yeah, Sperm okay, okay. We got groups like Sperm Donation Philippines, and every day now there's, you know, hundreds and, well, you know, there's many people joining per day. Uh, it was, it seemed to get flooded and it went chaotic, really. Yeah, so uh, how many times do you get contacted per day to uh, donate? I uh, quite a lot, but you know it's lockdown here, so it's kind of hard to travel and whatnot. Uh, I've donated seven times successfully in the Philippines so far. Nice, because you don't speak Filipino, obviously, and you've got to try and translate and teach each one how to test the ovulation. I've seen you've done videos yes. trying to teach them. It is, it is, yeah, it is a big part of my say thing here, yeah, to to teach them how to how ovulation works, how fertility works, how, you know, everything works. This sex education here in the Philippines doesn't exist. And is that why it's harder to help them fall pregnant? Because they just want to have a donation any time of the month thinking, hey, give me a donation, it, it will work? Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wasting your time a lot, isn't it? Yes. It's very frustrating sometimes to deal with uh, because it, the, the Catholic Church here and the, the, the hypocrisy, it's, it's a big issue, you know. Hmm. Whereabouts are you based in the uh, Philippines? Are you in Manila? Yeah, near Manila, Cavite. Ah, uh, yeah, Cavite. And that's a pretty big city as well, I think, because um, a lot of people on the, online wow. seem to be around that area. Yeah, So whereabouts do you do the donations? They come around your apartment and or you meet them or yeah. they get your hotel they have, to, they have to come to me yeah i used to come to them but now they have to come to me they're yeah. the recipients and what's the law like in I, I, philippines is it is, is it legal to do do this here or do they want to is it yeah. child support or what's the go there like i said it's, it's very new right so there's no laws against discrimination but 
you know, the laws here in the Philippines, they're flexible. Anyone does what they want, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's complicated. Uh, it's, 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 it's not illegal. Definitely not. It's not illegal in the Philippines. I wouldn't say that. Of course. What, are you crazy? I mean, getting put in jail for making a baby? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Well, no, no. There's a lot of crazy countries out there, so just sometimes we just got to Saudi ask Arabia, them. yeah. For example, yeah, Saudi Arabia, yeah, they'll put you in jail. Mm, they will. Yeah. yeah. If you're spring on a day, yeah. Even adultery, even having having sex outside the marriage is illegal there. They'll cut your hands. For example, in, in Saudi Arabia, Oman, those kind of countries. Yeah, definitely. Even being lesbian, yeah, even being lesbian is illegal. Being a lesbian is illegal in those countries. It seems like there's a lot of lesbians and gay men in the Philippines. Uh, Gigantic. <laughs> and, Gigantic. And the gay men um, don't seem to be uh, shy. No, they're very, they're very forward. Uh, nasty sometimes also. Uh, I had so many problems with so many recipients that contact me, right? And said they want discrimination, right? They're not, they're behind the fake accounts. It's a gay behind the fake account. So many times, like every week, I get a message on my Facebook with a recipient, fake picture, fake, fake picture, fake everything. Every week, every week. Have you, have you ever fallen for it? Has there ever been like, you go, okay, I'll, I'll help you. And then a guy rocks up or what, what's, you know, what's, what's their oh. aim? What's their game? Oh yeah, I've been, I've been in Cebu was three years ago. I was there. And I went on a date with a girl, right? And date, you know, for the meetup. Yeah. And then I meet her and then I looked at her and it was like, you're a guy. Yeah, I looked at her and she was, I, I could tell it was a guy. I can tell it was a guy, right? And then she, he, she, he, it, he was like, no, 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 I'm a girl. I used to be a guy, but now I'm a girl, so I'm a girl. And how dare you judge me? And if you think I, she said to me, because I said to her, I was angry. It was like, why didn't you say you were, you were a trans, you're like a trans, right? Mm. And she was like, how dare you judge me? This Filipino gay, right? He was like, how dare you judge me? I'm going to post you in the gate, in the LGD, LGDB group, LGDB Facebook group. I'm going to shame you. How dare you? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, I can understand because we do live in a, a politically correct world now where everyone um, believes that, you know, if you've converted, that is your gender, that's how you associate and, and we've all got to accept it. But I, I also do believe that uh, you've got to be um, honest about, you know, yeah. that you are trans because you don't want anyone feeling uncomfortable. You don't want them, you being feeling uncomfortable and then you turn around and abusing them and, and you know, it's, it's awkward conflict that doesn't need to. I mean, you might be open to trans and that's fine. And then um, you can have a great date, but uh, I do feel that everyone's just got to be honest with each other straight up rather than, uh, you know, you've essentially you wasted each other's time because you've gone on a date and, you know, you obviously that's not your preference and, uh, you know, your sexuality and your preferences, you know, you, you got to do what you're comfortable with as well. Now, I want to, I want to say, just wanted to say, it's okay to be gay, but just be honest. Don't lie. Don't make fake profiles. Don't, you know, under false pretenses, right? It's okay to be gay. It's okay. But don't like what happens here in a lot in the Philippines, like the, well, the disgusting stuff, man. 
What kind of disgusting stuff? Like, do they want your sperm? Like, not for baby, obviously. Gay prostitution, gay, prostitution, gay sex, and oh, disgusting. Like, I, like I had a recipient recently from Mindanao. They contact me. It wasn't a recipient at all. It wasn't a woman at all. It was a gay, and she. she and then he said, fifty thousand peso for gay sex. <laughs> yes, fifty thousand, one thousand dollar. And I said to him, no. That 1,000, 50,000 peso is not worth HIV. No. And every week, every week I get this. It's it's too much. But, uh, you know, it's okay to be gay, but just, you know. Other, uh, other countries around the world, we don't have, you know, like, I mean, obviously we respect boundaries and the gay community in Australia, you know, we don't, um, well, I've never really been excessively hit on or um, had accounts joining our community and trying to, um, you know, uh, use it as a form of gay sex or yeah. or anything like that. It's just, um, it's when you go into the Philippines, especially the nation of Philippines communities and stuff like that, it's, it's like you come across it and it's like a really unique culture that it's full on like i have not seen it in any other country that has online groups and and stuff like that and you know have you ever had any demanding yeah obviously demanding money for prostitution you know why can't they advertise that they're a prostitute then you know why are they trying to trick people like what what's you know what's the situation there are they thinking oh because you're there then they'll go okay we have sex with you now like it's true that in the Philippines, look, because I'm, because you, you you and me, right? We're white, right? We have yeah. white skin. They, there's this belief in the Philippines that every white person is rich and every white person is generous and every white person will give you a lot of money. And if you marry a white person, they will give you a passport and such and such, right? So yeah, there's a lot of, I get, I get this also. Like uh, I had a lot of requests for money and stuff like this and bad stuff happened to me. Like recently I had a recipient here in uh, General Trees in Cavite. They also, uh, I, I donated them, right? I donated them successfully. First tries to success, lesbian couple. And then um, later I went there with my motorcycle because I have a motorcycle, TMX. And I, I visited them a little bit. And uh, they said to me, Oh, well, you have a motorcycle, new motorcycle. Oh, you must be rich. You must have a lot of money. Oh, your life is so comfortable because you're a foreigner. Oh, you're, you're a foreigner, right? Because for foreigners make a lot of money. And yet they started demanding money a lot. It's, uh, <laughs> it was not very pleasant. The women that you donate to over there, are they poor or, you know, how, how's the, like any kids that are born through your help do they have a good upbringing? Like, what's is the schools good there? What's what's your perception of what would it be like being a child growing up in the Philippines? I tried to pick the woman from the higher, uh, you know, middle class, upper class. I avoid the lower class at all costs because, you know, the, the, the poor in the Philippines they're really poor. It's not like the, it's not like Australia, right? Because in Australia, if you're if you don't have a job, you're like you know, you get welfare money, you get free free medical care, you get free everything. It's not like here in the Philippines. The poor are really poor. So I try to avoid them at all costs. And most of my recipients, they're higher class, upper class. And do some try and trick you and think they're trying to pretend they're more upper class than they are to you? 
how do you work out who you know who's worthy of you helping that's really difficult that's really difficult that's my biggest one of my biggest problems yeah if you just decided to donate to anyone there and you said yes to anyone you could you be donating every day two or three times a day to different people is that how how uh you know high in demand it is over there now i do about three a month and you got a, you got new girlfriend now I had a girlfriend, but um, yeah, we had some trouble. We had some trouble. <laughs> I had a girlfriend. You seem to um, you seem to know how to. Uh, I've seen some of your videos, and I've seen them sometimes not happy and pouting and. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, you, like, I, I don't know. It's it's funny. Uh, you know, you can. Um, on this podcast, we'll, uh, we'll link um, Anthony, Anthony's um, uh, Facebook page and that, and his YouTube and all that sort of stuff. And you can sort of see, everyone can see for themselves the sort of the shenanigans and um, stories. They're quite humorous and and very uh, some of them educating, for, especially for Filipinos. If you're you know you're Filipino listening to this podcast today. Uh, so look, if you're a Filipino and you're you're listening to this podcast today, what's the do's and don'ts? Like, what don't you do to you? What don't you say to you? If I wanted to convince you to donate, how do I win you over? Like, what sort of um, qualities do you want in a woman um, or a recipient that you're going to help? And what's the big no-nos? Obviously, poverty is um, something that you don't like. What else is yeah. is is important to you well this is my issue i had here many times the communication many filipinos because they're so newer here right they don't know how to communicate they don't know how to introduce themselves they don't know how to advertise themselves it's very and the many recipients they're very extremely sh shy and like withdrawn right and um this is an issue obviously right because i want i tried to get to know my recipient before i donated them and like so many Filipino recipients, the first thing they ask me is how much? But it's just one sentence, how much? <laughs> like I get random messages from fake accounts, fake pictures, empty account, how much? How much? How much? How much money? How much? And like so rude, right? And like I, I get angry at this sometimes because like where do you live? What is your name? Hello, the kindergarten stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you go to kindergarten, when you go to high school, what is your name? What is your age? I'm like, and I try to, I, I need to educate them. Like, what is your, like, what is your name, pictures, age, job, uh, where do you live? And and every time it's like pulling teeth, right? Like I, I try to get some information out of them, and so, some of them, some of them are very open. I'm very happy about this, but a lot of them, like like I said, fake accounts. Take big, and like, how can I? Um, so that's why I, I try to educate my recipients. Introduce yourself, you know, properly. Um, yeah. Have you? And that's the most important. Have you had any dangerous situations that you feel that they've come close to? Yes. <laughs> I had a recipient. Uh, she lived in Manila, and then she was. Uh, she was a jail officer. She was she worked for the PMGB, for for the jails uh, here. Make a good salary because people uh, that work for the Philippine government here make a good salary, thirty thousand peso. 
uh, most of a lot of my recipients there uh, work for the government, you know, this is good. It's good to actually work for the government here in the Philippines. Good salary, good benefits, good pension. Uh, after 20 years, you get pension. You get maternity, maternity leave, free almost free medical care. Guaranteed job, right? That's why I really liked her, this, this girl. And uh, well, uh, let's just say she became a little bit more than just a recipient. Just a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> and um, then she said she wanted me to marry her. She said she demanded me to marry her. And I should also stop donating sperm to anyone. Wow. She said this to me. And I said to her, no, no, because look, a lot of my recipients, right? They asked me for a second one, right? They said, can you ask, can you donate for a second one? What should I tell them? Sorry, yeah. I'm married. I cannot give you a second one. It's unfair, right? Even even artificially. So I said to her no, and she wasn't my type also. She was a bit, you know, I, I don't like fat woman. I don't like chubby woman. I like woman with a normal physique, right? Yeah. Uh, so I said no. And then she she tried to stab me with a knife. I had a video of this. She tried to uh, she assaulted me with a bottle. With the red horse, with the red horse bottle, she said to me, "She will get me put in jail. She will get me deported. She will use her power in the government to get me out of the country." She stabbed the tires of a motorcycle with a knife. Wow! <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't escape. And then she destroyed my phone. I, had, I still have it with me. I had a phone, Xiaomi, very nice. I'll show you. Look. <laughs> This my, this is what this is what left of it. Wow, she's done a good she's done a good job, hasn't this, she? Uh, was left. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everything was two years worth of pictures. She said, "I'm happy. I'm happy because now you're mine. Because your recipients cannot contact you anymore. Now you're mine, and you cannot leave. And <laughs> you cannot. Your recipients are gone." <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> And then she took my laptop. I have a laptop, very nice laptop. She took it. She did, and then she like she used it as black to blackmail me. Uh, yeah, she was insane. <laughs> oh, it seems like seems like you pick them over there. Uh, so look, do you, apart from that, do you love living in the Philippines? How long do you intend on living there? Is it is it a life thing now, or do you plan to travel somewhere else? Yeah, um, uh, it depends if I find a job, you know, I look, I'm still looking for a job here to make an income. Yeah. So it depends on that. Do you do, you do work in uh, Philippines, or are you just cruising at the moment? Uh, at the moment, just cruising, because it's coronavirus, you know, I'm a bit lazy to work, it's a bit hard to find work, so I'm just, you know, yeah, taking it easy. So if someone someone listening to you today and say they're in Australia or you know somewhere else and they email you or message you on Facebook and say hey Anthony um uh, we've got so we'll pay for flights for you to come to Australia would you fly over there and do some donations here or you know are you open in to Australia? that in Australia yeah never. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that? Well, it's the reason why I came here. Um, it's, it's a bit of a long story. In my country, I had um, six recipients, successful, right? 
but they had a thousand Dutch women contact me for, for donations. A thousand. Wow. I rejected most of them. You know why? Why is that? Well, because my first recipient, I, I helped them, right? And I, I went to their house to donate. There was a lesbian couple. And they, they had a big house, nice house, two floors, three bedrooms, two, two, two bathrooms, back garden, front garden, a car, pets, and you know, pets, you know, like doggies and kitties. It was like, I was amazed. Like I was just, wow, you know, because I don't have that in my country. I have none of that, I have none of that. I have my own, I live in a small little room, you know. So I was like, wow, you know, if I help you, my, my, the, the baby I give you is going to be taken care of, right? Yeah. I was very, very impressed. I found out that she was actually later, she, she lied about this. Because I was like asking, oh, what is your income? And she was like kind of vague about this. She was like telling me, oh, you know, I'm just doing something on the, on the internet and doing something, uh, selling baby clothing and stuff like this. I found out that she was, was, my recipient was 34 years old and she never worked one day in her life. Wow. She never studied, never worked, never plans to work. And she gets 35,000 euros a year income. And she lives in a nice house. And she gets uh, about 1,500 euros in her bank account every month, free medical care, uh, child support, 350 euros for her three children a month. She gets free education for all her children. And that is that uh, she also gets free scholarships for her children. You know why? What's that? She's a single mother. So uh, sing single mothers in the Netherlands, well looked after by the government, are they? And it sort of encourages them just to stay at home. And, yes. And, uh, yes. And, yes. And for you, woman. Hmm? and for you, it's important that these women work. Is is that what your morals are? Is that how you say like they should be contributing to society and still working yep. and stuff? Or I had women's recipients contact me, right, and they say to me, literally, I want your help as a donor. I want to get pregnant to get money from the government because the government pays well, being a single mother, literally to my face. Wow. Do you find that it's similar here to Australia and as in compared to... It's the same in, it's the same in Australia, man. Yeah. I've never been there, but I've heard similar things there. Yeah, okay. And so what countries would you consider donating to other than the Philippines? It's just countries I really like, like Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, uh, maybe even Africa. I was even thinking about Africa, you know, maybe. Countries like that, but the West, like Australia, United States, I'm... I don't like those countries in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because of you know, like I said, the welfare and the, and and the women there, they in my country, they they treat me bad badly also. When it comes to recipients, they treat me badly, like a verbal abuse. They're very arrogant. Like I told my recipient, right? I, I told her, look, me, I, I in my country, I worked as an engineer. I studied for four years. I worked seven days a week. I I I studied. From um, I wake up at six, go to school, come back from school, work at the McDonald's from six to twelve midnight, cleaning other people's poop from the toilet, making burgers every day for seven days, every day, and I did it for years, right? And I was getting half 
the, the money that the single mothers are getting. The single mother is getting double. Wow. My income. Even though I worked for years, right? Like like seven days a week. And even when I was working, I was working like for 40 hours a week, plus like studying, plus like safety courses. And like I was I was a bit jealous, right? Because I was living, I was paying for my house because I I, I rented uh, privately, right? And they get from the government, they get the house from the government. They get like for 400 euros, entire house, three bedrooms, gigantic. I pay 500 euros for like a tiny room, tiny, tiny room that I share with two people. Wow. So I told this, my recipient, I'm a bit jealous, right? I'm a bit jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit jealous of your situation. I'm also angry because she deceives me, right? She said to me, oh yeah, I'm applying to work and I have my income here and there. And I found out later, she never worked her entire life. She was getting money from the government. That's her income. She kind of deceived me also. And you know, and I was talking, you know, I'm a bit jealous, you know, and a bit upset. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you know, you know what she told me? You know what she told me? She told me the same thing that all of the other recipients told me that she is a victim. It's all men's fault. Men are keeping her down. She's poor. She doesn't have any money. She's a poor single mother. She, she, she's poor. She didn't have any money. She, look at me. Look, like I'm just, I, I, men are keeping me down. Uh, I'm a woman, you know, I'm a single mother. She was living in a house, like three, three bedrooms, right? Yeah. So this is their attitude. Is this the reason why you don't live in the Netherlands now? Do you, are you just over the attitude no. there? Is that why you decided to pack up your bags and yes. move? This ain't going to change, is it? It's pretty much the way it's set in stone over there now. Like, and, and in most Western countries and societies and stuff like that, you find yourself yeah. that you, you, you will live abroad most of your life, your entire life now, you feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm done there. I'm done. And, and, and this, was, this is just crazy because like, when I come to the Philippines here, right, I met single mothers here that work for 10,000 pesos a month. They work yeah. 50 hours a week, 50 hours, 60 hours at the McDonald's, at the, the, the shop, at whatever, for, for $100, $200 a month. And no free medical care. Medical care here in the Philippines are, is not free. And to pay, they have to support the entire family. And not fault, men are horrible, men are none of this. Right, smile. So in my country, free money, 25,000 euros a year, and they like, they're sour. It's all men's fault, feminine, we need feminism, it's the patriarchy, this and that. That's, that's it's, uh, you know, <laughs> crazy world, eh? <laughs> well, one thing I'll, I'll say is because I did notice when I watched a lot of your videos is that the recipients over there seem to be a bit more uh, forthcoming in terms of I've seen them buying you gifts like tables and jackets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very nice. Like in my country, like I asked some of my recipients, right? Can you pay my train ticket? Can you pay my bus ticket at least, please? Right? To come to them. They cheated me. Two of them cheated me. I went there and they refused to, but here in the Philippines, they make less money. It's not a rich country, but like I said, like you said, more forthcoming, free food, you know, come, come visit me. 
um, um, you know, you're welcome here. And, you know, yeah, yeah, very welcoming, very nice. I'm very happy. So that's the sort of culture that you like and that's what you want to be around is, you know, obviously pe people that, you know, obviously respect that you're giving them a gift and they're appreciative of that gift you're giving them and then they like to return it in whether it be a, a jacket or uh, a gest a nice gesture or cook you a meal or take you take you out for dinner. Um, Being treated well, you know, the small things, the small things. Yeah. I mean, kindness, kindness doesn't have to cost money, you know. Kindness does not have to cost money. Give me for free, kindness. Have right? you got? And you're also uh, you're also a blood donor, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I donate blood here, also the Philippine Red Cross. So that is that that's your sort of way of uh, you know being altruistic and obviously not only sperm donation, blood donation. Is it easy for a foreigner to just go in there and donate their blood? What about sperm? Yeah. What about sperm analysis? You said the uh, STD checks um, checks are free. Is there medical places that women can get check their fertility as well? What's all that sort of stuff like? What do you mean exactly? Like you know, a sperm analysis. Do they do them there and stuff like that? In yeah, yeah, there are hospitals that does this. And they yeah, do. Hospital. Does that cost money there, or is that? Yeah, of course. You have to pay out of your pocket. There's insurance here in the Philippines doesn't really they have phil health it's called phil health the philippine health insurance but it doesn't it's kind of shitty it doesn't cover anything it doesn't cover yeah out of pocket everything yeah and like, was there a recent surrogate story in the netherlands was there yeah uh, so, oh excuse me <laughs> um uh surrogate story yeah there were yeah i, I said them on my facebook right there was this surrogate because many, many people ask me for surrogacy also and, uh, yeah, you should explain, um, excuse me, uh, yeah, there was these two gay guys, right? Two homosexual Dutch guys. Yep. They, uh, they hired a surrogate, Dutch surrogate from my country, same country. And they said to her, look, oh, help us and we will give you 20,000. And they used the same procedure, right? They used the syringe procedure with the syringe and the cup, same procedure I do. But what she did is she had sex with her husband. So she kept pregnant, pregnant with her husband, not the gay guys. And then she took money from them, basically. She, she, she scammed them. So that's, that's and the same thing I say here in the Philippines, you know, be careful when it comes to surrogacy. It's, uh, it's a wild, uh, wild world. <laughs> there was nothing the gay guys could do about it. There's no real laws there or, you know, so. Uh, they tried, but I don't think they will ever get the money back. Yeah, okay. They will never get the money back. And, and how is COVID-19 over in the Philippines at the moment? Terrible. Terrible. Has everybody got it? Is it, is it getting better or is it still the worst it's been? What's, what, what is lockdown there? What, what does that mean for you? Like you can't see anyone? What are the rules? Well, it, it used to be extremely strict that you can't even leave your house. Right, but now now it's uh, you can still travel by uh, personal vehicle, motorcycle, car. You can still use this now. Now it's like lifted mostly on Luzon. Um, domestic planes are flying, but very restricted. Also, like you have to do tests and you have to get special permission and this and that. Um, uh, yeah, you can travel, but only with personal personal vehicle. 
Yeah, okay. Because I was looking, because obviously in Australia and pretty much a lot of places around the world, in Australia specifically, we can't travel internationally really at the moment. And um, I think everyone, and everyone's trying to holiday local now and all, all the local holiday parks are booked out because everyone can't go anywhere else and they're over overpacking, which is good for local tourism. Uh, however, I'm pretty sure everyone's pretty keen to get, you know, travel out. And I was considering obviously running my um, Spirit Nation USA and Australia community that was going to do a donor recipient get together and uh, set a date and fly to the, the Philippines and yeah, sort of a social club sort of thing. And because obviously Australia is pretty big and, and America is pretty big as well. And everyone's sort of spread out, but a lot of people will talk to each other and stuff like that and sort of, you know, have that friendship or camaraderie going on I just thought well you know with the Philippines uh, really booming now and it's probably be a good little um, holiday to go over but it's just yeah with COVID-19 there's still we don't know what time and what dates and whether or not if Australia you know gets better from vaccines or or whatever where not uh, the Philippines have, have, has got that as well so it's all up in air at the moment It'd be good to set up like a, a tour like for a holiday like that for everyone to catch up and, and have a have a beer or yeah it's just a shame that COVID-19 is really compromising our way of living. It, it's such a small little health threat you know it's a little flu. Hmm. It, it does seem like so a, overblown. not many people are dying from it compared to you know you know people more people, in the Philippines. More people are having suicide and stuff because they're sad and dying from it. I can see the argument for both because some people don't want their parents to die and they, you know, they want and and the elderly. But yeah, I don't know. I think the media does control us these days and and what they want to put onto us. And and I've always said fear is the most controlling, powerful tool that humans have. I was watching Robin Hood the other day actually, and the the church actor or the played the Pope or whoever he was. He was like, yeah, we created hell to control people with fear. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not religious, so that could be just completely fictional in Robin Hood land, but <laughs> it does make sense. And, uh, yeah, with uh, media these days, it's, it's, it's good that we can, we can uh, do podcasts from all around the world and, and see how you're going over there, but also it can be bad that it can spread fear as well. I really enjoyed this chat today, Anthony, and I think you've put a, a lot of uh, interesting insight into uh, what spending the nation like and living in the Philippines uh, um, as a Westerner. Do you have anything else that you want to touch on before we... Um... Oh, oh, yeah, the, the corona. Did, did you know in the Philippines, 50,000 people die from tuberculosis every year? 50,000. Wow. 50,000, right? So three times the amount of COVID. And it's preventable, like you have vaccine for, for tuberculosis, you have antibiotic for tubu- tuberculosis. Uh, 300 people a year die from rabies. I had my rabies shot recently, recently because rabies in the Philippines is quite common. Uh, we have measles outbreak, polio outbreak, like 200 children get paralyzed by polio a couple of years ago here in the Philippines, right? And, and um, like when it was the, the roads here, there's, there's so many problems here. Like for example, the roads, I've had motorcycle here, drive around. I've seen two, two dead people so far by the side of the road. 
I've, I've met so many recipients who told me their family member died on the roads because there's no lighting on the roads and the roads are, they're bad, right? The, the holes in the road and they're, and, and now we're panicking about the COVID nonsense. You know, like it's such a small little, like all the money that we, we spend on, because the Philippines, it borrowed 30% of GDP from China to fund the lockdown, right? The economic loss, all at 30%, right? So 60% of GDP, 60% of the entire economic output of the Philippines in a year spent on a lockdown that didn't work because we had 500,000 cases right now. It didn't work. Imagine if we spent all the money on building better roads, free, med free medical care, tuberculosis, rabies. Um, there was this case recently because I have a recipient who is a doctor here, right? And she told me the, the cost of the hospitals go up three times because of the lockdown, because of the PPE, because we have to space the beds. So there's no, there's no beds in the hospital because we have to space them, social distancing. It's the cost of the lockdown is far, far greater than the, the loss of life, right? Than the, the cost of the actual little flu. That's my, and I had, I had so many, my, my, my neighbors and my, I met people here that are like, they're, they're, they're impoverished because of the lockdown, you know? Because of the lockdown, not the virus, the lockdown. Huh? How long do you think it'll go on for? Forever, forever. Because <laughs> every year, like every year there's a new little virus. Every year there's an excuse. Every year there's a new virus. Mexican flu, Asian flu, pig flu. Every year there's a new virus. MERS starts every year. And every year says, yeah. The problem is fear, you know, we have to, we have to overcome it. We have to stop listening to, to the media that they're spreading fake news, the fake statistics, like they spread statistics here in the Philippines that it, the COVID causes 5% death rate, right? Fake, fake. It's not 5%, it's 0.003%. That's the death rate for COVID among young people, among babies, among toddlers, 0.003%. Yeah. Well, you know, I take the motorcycle every day, right? Yeah. I'm at the risk of dying on a motorcycle. And, 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 you know, it's, it's so, yeah, I have no words for it. <laughs> it's nonsense, the Corona. It's nonsense. It's all, it's all fake. Every day I see, because Filipino people, they don't like helmets. They hate helmets, I don't know why. So many people, so many times I see people drive a motorcycle, helmet, no helmet. And they have the helmet dangling by the, the wheel, the steering wheel, the steering, uh, they have the helmet in their back. Yeah. On the head, right? Especially in the countryside, no one wears helmets. But people do have the mask. So you have people who have face shield, face mask, no helmet <laughs> and they're driving they're driving 80 kilometers so now constantly i see here i see it every day by the road here like no helmet but they're driving 80 like <laughs> yeah safe from the virus <laughs> 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 safe from the... <laughs> uh, it's funny how some people think isn't it hmm? yeah it doesn't matter what side of the fence you sit on on your beliefs with coronavirus uh, it's 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 frustrating, isn't it? The whole process is frustrating. It will never end because next year it'll be Brazilian flu, Australian flu, 
There will be Melbourne flu. Every year there will be a new flu. Every year, it's normal. And every year, you know, every year, one million people die from the flu. Every year. Look on Google. Mm. Yeah. Google. I'm going to what every year. Every year, normal. But now it's the same thing, like one million die from the COVID, okay, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry for the rent, sorry for the rent. Oh, no, no, obviously, you know, you're very passionate in your political views and and your views around society and, uh, you know, yeah. and, and you're very strong by your um, beliefs and you stick by them. So you just, you're being who you are, you're being authentic in your own you know, like that's who you are and that's, and that's how you identify as. And, you know, many people aren't going to agree with you and I don't think you really care if they don't agree with you because I think you know in what you're saying, you honestly believe it's right and that's something that you're passionate about. And, yeah, no, look, it's it's been lovely to have you on here because you've actually, you know, come on and given us a real insight on on the life in the Philippines and um, how things are going there and... Yeah, it's just really interesting to hear from a different part of the world that we haven't really covered before. And uh, yeah, so hopefully you haven't scared too many people away. We might do a, a Philippine Nation Philippines holiday um, sometime maybe later this year if we get the all clear with the uh, COVID. So we'll just hang tight and we'll probably catch up for a beer when we're over there anyway, if you're, if you're up for it. Um, so yeah, great to have you on board and, and do the show today. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> See ya. Have a good day. You too.